Arian Simone brings you. Oh, 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 oh my God. Straight off the number one and best selling book, book. It's the Fearless Faith and Hustle Podcast with Arian Simone. Hey, everybody, it's Arian Simone, and welcome back. We are at another episode of the Fearless Faith and Hustle podcast, and it is my delight to share with you guys some very, very exciting news. Um, well, if you follow me on social, you probably already know the news, or if you're subscribed to my newsletter, you're probably already aware of the news as well, too. But for those who have yet to hear, drum roll, please. <laughs> I am now in over 520 Barnes and Noble stores with our best-selling book, Fearless Faith and Hustle, and I am so excited, you guys. So you know what? I'm going to start this episode. This is a Q&A episode, but I'm going to start this episode just pretty much explaining the process because people have been like, oh my gosh, after we posted how are you in there? How is this happening? Basically, they want to know how. Um, so I'm going to walk you through the steps that I can definitely, I would say this, remember um, of everything. Well, first and foremost, Barnes & Noble reached out to us. And I got an email. And it was from my website. And it was really weird to me because I was just like, is this spam? Because I'm like, Barnes & Noble is emailing me through my website. Not like my email directly, like the, through the website submission um, for my book website. And I was like, this is interesting. And they were like, well, we'd like to speak with you regarding placing an order for your book. And I was like, is this for real? Is this spam? I'm like, why would they reach out through my website? Anyway, um, we followed up on it. And that's what took place. They were like, we're highly interested. We see your online numbers. And when I spoke to the gentleman at the company, he did tell me that he can see just not, of course, the online numbers at Barnes & Noble. They can see the online numbers at Amazon and anywhere else. And they're like, we would like to place an order now. They're like, people also have the ability to come into our store because it is available print on demand. But it's getting to the point where so many people were walking in asking for the print on demand, meaning like, hey, they'll come in. They're like, they'll have to print it up and then it has to get shipped to the store for them to come back and pick it up from the store. Or it has to go to their house. So they were like, OK, we're getting a lot of requests here. So we'd like to place an order. And they said, we have some things that we would need you to take care of in the event that you would like to entertain our offer. And I was basically like, well, what are those things? They're like, well, first and foremost, you have to change your barcode um, to be ready for retail distribution, not just online. I'm like, okay. So they also said, right now, my book started off as a hardback book, not a paperback book. And they said, because hardback is basically more expensive that they could double the order if they placed an order for a paperback. So, you know me, I went and got everybody together on our team, route up the troops. I'm like, we got to have a paperback book because we're going to let Barnes & Noble place this order they want to place. So we had to get the book reformatted just slightly. Um, we had to get a new cover 
because the hardback cover has, of course, a glove. It wraps around the book. The paperback cover doesn't. We had to get new pricing. They said the paperback should be $18.99. So that's what we did. We made it $18.99. Our hardback is $25. So we had to make sure the pricing was correct. A new ISBN code. And for those of you guys who are listening that have never heard the terminology, just look at the barcode on any product. You'll see it's an ISBN number. Um, trying to think of what also was next with what they needed. I think that was just pretty much it. It was very minor um, for the adjustments that they needed for it to go from hardback to paperback in order for them to place that order. So that process literally took about a week or two, though, for us to get done. And then after that, they said, well, we pretty much work on quarters. We'll just put you in the next quarter. So I was just like, okay, when are they doing this order? What is going on? So I was literally on a flight to San Francisco from Atlanta for our event Fearless Moguls at the Facebook headquarters. And I have Wi-Fi, um, I had Wi-Fi on, on the plane on my phone. So I got a text message because, you know, with iPhones, I'm not sure about the Android users, but with iPhones, you can know that was not a shade or anything like that. I just don't know. But with the iPhone, you can get texts on Wi-Fi from other iPhone users. And my best friend Kelly had sent me a text message saying that um, one of her girlfriends texted her. She was like, oh, look at this. You're on the shelves in Barnes & Noble. And Kelly didn't know she was telling me something of new information. She was just relaying the information from one of her girlfriends that was excited about my book. And she was like, oh, my gosh, look at this. And so from there... I was like, oh, Kelly doesn't even realize she's breaking this news. <laughs> so I get up out my seat on the plane and I go to Siobhan, my assistant. I go to her seat and I'm like, girl, I was like, it's here. It's here. So I'm like all excited. I was like, look at this text message I just got from Kelly. She's like, why didn't they let us know they placed the order? I said, girl, I don't know. I'm just happy it's here. So I was so, well, still am so excited. I can't even say was. Still am so excited because this is very recent news. This was just as of Friday. No, Thursday. Thursday when I got that text. And I'm still in shock, you guys. I am definitely still in shock because when you self-publish, you always dream of like, oh my gosh, that would be so cool if I'm in, you know, on the shelves, in the stores. But I just, I'm, I didn't, honestly, I didn't know if it was going to happen or not going to happen. So let me just back up even before then. So many people have had, I feel like, a thousand and one questions, which is not part of this actual Q&A show. But if I put up right now that I was doing questions, I think this would be a, definitely a question a lot more people would ask. But I am getting a lot of DMs um, asking me about, like, self-publishing. So I self-published my first book also, to My Fabulous and Fearless Journey. So pretty much the steps that I took, because that's what everybody has been wanting to know when they're DMing me, like, oh my gosh, well, how'd you get this done? I wrote the book. That was step one. Step two, I got it edited. Well, let me even back up. People can't get ghostwriters. I happen to write my books. I am not against it. I am not against it at all. I may explore it one day down the line. I just have yet to do that, though, um, because as of right now, I definitely do write my books. And 
I do have a tip to give you to make this easier. And I didn't do this with this book, but I definitely encourage this because so often when you're writing, some people call it like writer's block or, oh my gosh, it's taking forever. With my first book, I did learn this, that a lot of people were like, oh, well, you know what? You don't get talker's block. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you can always remember to say something. I'm like, yeah, they're like, there's no such thing as writer's block then. I'm like, okay, explain more. So basically, if you're experiencing what people like to call writer's block and whatnot, you can just start talking it out. You can talk it out. And just like how I'm on this podcast, you're listening to an audio. You can talk it out and pretty much just record it on your voice memos on your phone and then have it transcribed. And Fiverr is a great transcriber, which is um, F-I-V-E-R-R. I shouldn't say they're a great transcriber. They're a resource of different creatives that have very inexpensive services. And you can get somebody to transcribe your audios. So you can just contact them to transcribe an audio. Um, and I did do that for like some of my fearless life tips. And I think about it and I'm trying to remember back. Um, and I know I want to say I did it for like, a small portion of the first book, but I'm not sure if I've even used that in the book. But either way, it's definitely a very helpful tool in the event that you see yourself in that space where you're just looking to um, write more, but can't write more, but you know you can always talk. So that's definitely a tip. So you write it, you get it edited. Um, I got my artwork design on the cover and it, as well as the book by Akua. And she has done creative artwork for us and my brand for probably about six years now. And literally the cover photo we chose was from a photo shoot back in like 2013 from a black and white photo shoot that I did. And it's so crazy that we even used it because the experience of the photo shoot was actually not the best. And I was working with a new photographer and I was just like, okay, can we click these pictures quicker than this? <laughs> and I was getting so frustrated in the shoot, but... Honestly, the shoot turned out gorgeous. The pictures are stunning and they're classic. So I was sitting with the cool. We were outside of a Starbucks and I was like, we got to figure out this cover photo. We went through these, the, all these different artwork changes, trying to make it like a magazine cover one time, trying to do a photo that had like a white background, then another color background. And to the point where I'm like, you know what? We got some oldies, but goodies. And then I had selected a photo from an old shoot, but she was like, you know what? Let's pick from this shoot, but let's not use one of the pictures that's been out there before. Let's just use a different photo, but from this shoot. And I was like, oh, that's the magic right there. That's the icing on the cake. This is the cover. So either way, we got the cover artwork together and on the inside, I wanted it to have a certain font. I wanted it to have photos. There were different things that I wanted and she did the interior as well too, as far as like just structuring it. I'm like, I want the chapters to look like this. I want the headlines to look like this. I want the back of the book to look like this. And she handled that as well too. Um, so pretty much you write it, edit it. You can you can leave your inside to not have any artwork or anything special to it if that's your pleasing or your choice. That was just my choice on how I wanted my interior done. Then I contacted, um, we reached out to Ingram Sparks. They're a competitor with CreateSpace. CreateSpace will publish, you know, you can self-publish through them as well too. The only thing is they only do paperback books. They're a subsidiary of Amazon. And my 
first book is on yeah I used create space after I used author house because I was just like this that was just not a fit for me and I did have a hardback one on that because I do have a hardback for my first book but I didn't distribute hardbacks I just got a hardback and paperback when I initially got my samples because I just wanted to see what it looked like but when I saw the cost <laughs> basically difference what I could profit more off of which was the paperback on the first book I just wanted the paperback well for the second book for this devotional I really wanted a hardback book I just did it's just there's just something about it um that's just also oh classic and also oh classy and I said I have to have it so I had to find out who could I self-publish with that was similar to create space but that would do a hardback book, and that's when we found Ingram Sparks because they will do a hardback, a paperback, um, all of it in the event you want that option. And pretty much they print on demand, and they set you up with Amazon. They also set you up with Barnes & Noble online and any other online retailers. Now, they're not in charge of who decides to pick up the book. They are not in charge of that again. So I can't tell you that that's your story of, oh, you're going to get with them and they're going to place you in the same exact place that they placed me in. That may or may not be true, but will they place you somewhere? Of course. Um, and the same thing with Create Space. If you're going for just a paperback, Create Space is definitely, definitely a great option to explore. So that was pretty much it. Now, the next steps I will explain pretty much go over the... This is like a high level discussion because I'm pretty sure there's more things that we did do that I'm not recalling because I'm not reading from anything. You know, I'm just speaking to you guys off the cuff. So from a marketing and promotion standpoint, we knew it was important to do a tour. I did a tour with the first book and we knew to kick things off this time, a tour would be a great catalyst to really getting some momentum going. So when people are like, oh my gosh, tell us how you did this book tour. And I'm like, honestly, we started off with a few cities that are in my base. I've lived in LA before. I've born and raised Detroit. So of course I've lived there. I currently reside in Atlanta. So those were definitely three of the five cities that we were going to do on the first leg because I have a very strong base in the cities that I've lived in. And even if you've only lived in one city, you just need to start there. From there, people are attracted to momentum. Just to be honest with you, they're attracted to momentum. So if you can get something going and make it look so amazing and blow it out the water, when you build it, they will come. So I did the same method with my fearless discussions. My fearless discussions, my first few were like free. And because of the momentum of it, people saw them and next thing you know, people started just basically buying the event for their cities. So that's what happened with this as well, too, because I, I will say in this area, I do have somewhat of an advantage. I do speak all around the world. So I do get speaking engagements and I'm on people's radars as it pertains to speaking. And when it's time for a book release, of course, everybody, even if they've had you before, a lot of people even want to bring you back because it's new material, just something new to discuss. So basically, we, I guess you would say, we drummed up our own attention, you know, with the tour. And from there, people, of course, reached out 
well, after we even displayed the cover, I think I t the book released on my birthday, January 4th, but we teased the cover back in like October, I think it was, to get people excited. Yeah, I think I want to say it was October. So from there, of course, people were like, oh my gosh, is she going to have a book tour or what's going to happen? So we've already piqued some interest there just by, you know, teasing the cover and getting people excited. And then through time, like I said, the first stop I did, I did Detroit really during, and it was more like a pre-stop because the book didn't come out until January 4th, like I just stated. But the Detroit stop I did maybe, I think it was December 27th. Because it was around Christmas. I go home for the holidays for our Christmas party that my family does every year. And I said, you know what? I don't need to come back to Detroit. I need to do my Detroit stop basically right now um, when I'm going home. And then, of course, my family and friends and loved ones and supporters were all there. And now I've got pictures and material to show from there. I had um, other young ladies that are entrepreneurs as well share their stories at it. Just made a whole big to-do about it. And we knew we had, like I said, LA and Atlanta. Atlanta was the big launch. We did that at Phipps Plaza in the mall. I wanted to do it at a high-end mall. And thanks to the work of my team and Lakeisha for booking it, <laughs> um, we were able to get that done. We had a big billboard in the mall. We were able to get so many things done. Um, Eden Body Works came on as a sponsor for the first leg of the tour. We have Urban Skinner X that was a sponsor for the next leg of the tour. So it started to grab people's attention, basically. And people just started to rally up behind it. So I say, even if you just have one city, do it well, do it big, do it amazing. And let everybody see the momentum and let other people say, oh, my gosh, we want you to come to this city, this city, this city, this city. And people will start to see the demand. People will begin to book. And like I said, even for the first few, if you have to do it yourself, it's OK. You can make your own noise, make your own noise. Put yourself in demand, put yourself in demand and people, people will join the momentum. People are attracted to momentum. I'm trying to think of what else, and, I, and forgive me for saying, um, I'm sitting here, like I said, like as if we were having a conversation in the living room, but trying to think of all the other things that I would definitely tell you to do. Of course, I shouldn't say of course, I can't just take it for granted that everybody would do that. Have all your friends and family post on social on the day of release saying, hey, go out and support this book. That's one thing. Make sure your email list has an email announcing everything to everybody. Make sure that you've definitely prepared people and teased it in advance. We even have, we have text message distributions, social media, and email that we utilized for the book tour to get the word out. And I want to say if I were just to sum things up, that's pretty much kind of like how it all went. But like I said, I know there's so much more um, that was done, but that's just more so just a high level overview of what took place in order for us to get this moving. We also did like Facebook events for each book tour stop at first tour to make sure that we in invited all of the Facebook friends, everybody we could think of in that space as well too. And like I say, we, the week of release, we had, um, we drummed up some good attention 
we definitely drummed up some great attention within the first week. I, I know we had sold, um, we had done over 2000 or over 2,500 copies. I want to say, hold on, somewhere in that range, somewhere definitely in that range. I think we were at that right, you know, at a place. Yeah. Why did, right at release. So it was a good, it was definitely a great first week. I give God the glory. I honestly never saw that coming. My first book, I think I did like 500, which was still, it's still an accomplishment. It's definitely still an accomplishment, but I was able to get that done quickly because I learned on the first book go round. I had, I had speaking engagements like back to back to back lined up. And when people booked me, they booked my rate. Plus they would buy like a hundred books. So I was like, okay, let me knock this out really quickly. And that was that. So that's another thing you may want to do if you're like being booked to speak and you're on the speaker circuit. When people book you and it's book time release, get your rate and get them to order books, because um, that's a, a definitely a good way to get some momentum and get some sales going. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to remember, but I overall, the steps are simple. You just have to make sure they're followed and make sure they're executed in the spirit of excellence. I feel like this is about to take up all the time, but let me go through some of these questions now because I know that you guys have written in and I'm not going to um, abuse this because I don't think that's fair that you all took your time out to write into me and I not sit here and answer these questions because this is what I'm really supposed to be discussing. So, oh, so back track just a second though. I think it was probably about a month or so in that's when Barnes and Noble reached out and Siobhan knew I, knew I wanted to be in Barnes & Noble. Like I, When we released the book, it ended up number one in religious and faith, number four in women in business, number five entrepreneurship. And I held that ranking for like a month straight at number one. So I was excited about that, but I didn't have like a goal of that. It was like, oh, okay, if it happens, great. But that was not like a goal. Now, Barnes & Noble, I wanted that. So the fact that they actually came knocking on our door, I was like, oh, this is God. This is so cool. This is so dope. So let me pull up these questions really quick because I definitely want to make sure that I give you your answers. This is from Sherelle. During your entrepreneurial journey, do you ever have moments when you're trying to figure out whether God wanted you to be still or was it just your own fear to take the leap, the leap that you needed? Oh, I think I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> but you you know the difference. The fact that you even phrase it this way, you actually do know the difference. You're trying to say, is this God saying be still or is this fear holding you back from moving to the next step? No, you know the difference. If God is telling you to be still, people have, I guess you would say like a, Miss, can, how should I put this? Your stillness does not mean that you're doing nothing all the time. You're still moving, but your stillness is in that you're not being frantic. Your stillness is in that you're being present. Your stillness is in that you're paying attention to everything. Your stillness may be that you're not making like any major altering decisions, but there's still a level of movement that's taking place. Um, if God just says, don't do anything, hey, cool. But you know the difference between God telling you not to do something versus you're trying to talk yourself out of doing something. And what it sounds like is that you may just be trying to talk yourself out of not doing something. 
And you want to use God as an excuse to say, oh, I think God is telling me this. That's what I don't want you to get caught up in. If you're supposed to be doing something, then you're supposed to be doing something. If you're getting scared of whatever the assignment is, and now you're just trying to use that as a, oh my gosh, I think God's telling me not to do something. No, we're not going to abuse God. We're not going to use God in that fashion. And we're not going to do that. Not today. We're not going to do that. Now, don't get me wrong. If God is telling you not to do something, then he's clearly telling you not to do something. And you're not going to be questioning that. But if something is still pulling at you, you may need to pray on that to say, okay, this is still calling me. This is still pulling at me. My intuition is still leaning in this direction. You need to pray on that. Because what I don't want you to do is try to talk yourself out of something and then say, oh, God said no. When really it was just like you said, you and your own fear um, trying to talk you out of doing something. But you know if you're supposed to be doing something. You do. Even if you don't want to do it, you just like making up your bed. You know you're supposed to do that. God ain't telling you, oh, don't make up your bed. Like you know you're when you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing something. So it is clear, but if it's something you actually don't want to do, you will find every single excuse not to do it. And if it's something you want to do, you'll find every single reason to make it happen. So it's just that simple. So I want you to take your time out and I need you to have some truthful moments with yourself. And really, you're going to have to just be honest with yourself in that in that fashion, because you do know the difference. But it's a matter if you're, you're willing to be honest with yourself and you're willing to be true with yourself. The next question is from Juanita Cooper. What are the do's and don'ts when starting a business? Oh, my gosh. OK, I'll probably give you just a few right here, but I'm pretty sure that list can get so long. So long and so many different things will also depend upon the nature of the business, the kind of business, the industry, etc. But some general rules of thumb. Of course, you need to get incorporated. I do not advise people to do a sole proprietorship or anything like that at all. And though I'm not an attorney, I just don't advise it because you have no shell of protection. So getting incorporated is usually, depending on your state, anywhere from $50 to maybe $200 max. I know it's like $50 state of Michigan. I know the state of Georgia is a hundred bucks. So that's step one. I, do, I definitely will say you need to do that. That is definitely something that I will say is a do. Um, you do not have to run and go grab social media at first. I won't even say that that's a do, but what I will say that you do need to do is you need to grab your handles. You need to grab your website domain. You need to grab your social media handles and you need to check on to make sure all of that stuff is available because you may end up picking a name that you can't even find a social media handle that works for you with that name. So you want to make sure that you have all those things definitely in your favor and on reserve, even if you don't start using them immediately. Depending on your type of business, you may not start using them immediately, but you want to make sure that your name is available to you. So that's one thing I definitely would say that you should do. The next thing I would definitely say would be a third do. Of course, I won't even say of course, because that means that I'm assuming that you know something. 
So I would say get a like a think tank table going. Get five people to sit around the table that have experiences in different areas of business. And this can even be friends and family and different areas of what they do in life to give you input on the business. Now, of course, you want to make sure that everybody sitting around the table has great energy. I'm not saying just put anybody at this table. You want to make sure you have people at that table that actually believe in you. But getting great counsel will save you time and money always. So I definitely would say that that would be one of my to-dos that I would tell you to do. Um, Are there any don'ts that I'm just like, oh, heck no, don't do that. Nothing major. Nothing major. I would definitely just say you need to get proper counsel. You know, you asking me is 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 great, but I don't know definitely what type of business you're referring to the industry or anything of, of that sort. But the Small Business Association, I forgot what those groups were they have. Score, score. I didn't forget. So it's called SCORE. They have different, the Small Business Association has different offices like all around the country to help you out. So you can definitely go and check those things out in person and get some counsel, get some guidance. That's that's my first do. You want to know what you're doing. Okie dokie. Let me see what's here. So Delise is asking, she's out of New York, how do you build a sponsorship deck? Okay, you know what? We're going to do this one on the next Q&A because this is going to take some time. Do you need a, pro- no, I'm going to do it right now. I take that back. How do you build a sponsorship deck? Do you need a professional to do so and why? No, you do not need a professional to do it. But in the event that you just you just still like lost after I go over these things. I do advise you just to hire somebody. Now we do hire somebody to do not our verbiage for it. We do hire somebody to do our proofing of it and we hire somebody to do the artwork for it. So that's one thing we do hire somebody to do um, as it pertains to the sponsorship deck. But that's only because we want to make sure that the level of aesthetics are visually pleasing. And the reason why we want to make sure that, I mean, like one of our decks, we're asking for a million dollars. So we need to make sure that this deck looks of something where somebody is willing to cut that kind of check. So you definitely want to make sure that it's aesthetically pleasing, even if you're asking for a thousand dollars. Some of our sponsorship levels are at twenty five thousand. Some are at fifty thousand. Some are at 100000 You just want to make sure things look great. Now, as far as the content that goes in them, some things are just standard. You want to have, you want to definitely tell a great story. You want to give the background information about what's going on. You want to give a why about what's going on with the event. You want to give the target demographic because you want to make sure that your demo is in alignment with their demo and who they're trying to speak to. You want to make sure that you go over the programming, what those options look like. You basically overall, you want to make sure that you're offering value. So from a number standpoint, you need to be able to explain to them the level of exposure and what their sponsorship benefits look like in exchange for the dollar. 
So if somebody is going to spend $25,000 with you, you need to be able to let them know why this is worth more than $25,000 worth of exposure. And this is how you plan to execute it. And this is how you plan for them to benefit. So every level on your sponsorship deck, as far as say, for the sake of this, 25,000, 50,000, 100,000, they're all gonna have a list of benefits. Your $100,000 category, of course, in this deck would have more than the 50 and the 25. And then the 50, of course, is having more than the 25. So you get it pretty much according to the price. The benefits that they're gonna receive, your target market, your actual programming, and you need to be able to show to them visually what your reach is. So you wanna say, these are your social media stats. If that's not your strongest point, say, hey, these are the social media stats of everybody we have that is involved. If that's not your strongest point, say, hey, we're going to get this type of press coverage and we'll be in all of these media outlets. You have to figure out what that exposure is that you're bringing to them in exchange for the dollars that you're asking for. So that's just pretty much a high level version of it. Our deck is about, uh, say about 15 pages. Yeah, I think our deck is somewhere around 15 pages. But you can get a bomb deck for, hey, five pages as long as you hit everything it is that you need to hit, depending on what you're asking for. So a page count definitely doesn't matter. What matters is that... The next question I'm looking at, oh, somebody asked, Adrian Holyfield asked, are you going to bring back your fearless life tips videos on YouTube? Well, I guess some of the life tips are actually in my book. Am I bringing back the life tips? I'm not sure right now. I honestly don't know. They're so timeless and so classic that each one still applies today. So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm definitely not sure on that. Another young lady is asking, what do you do to get out of your head when things get tough? I believe in me, but I also overthink. Oh my gosh. Sometimes, let me tell you, one time we were getting ready to, think of what was it, the Fearless Queens Club, and I was like obsessed with studying coaching programs and email funnels and digital marketing and things that are in that area, right? To where I became so obsessed with just absorbing the knowledge that I had to stop myself and say, Arian, you've got to execute. You can't just sit here and keep absorbing all of this knowledge. You've got to execute. <laughs> it was like I was on an education high or something. I was just like, oh my gosh, listen to this, listen to this. I know Siobhan was like, are we going to get some work done with this? Like you are just studying, 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 which don't get me wrong is needed. But then there is a point where you need to execute. And I think though, what you're talking about more so is you're, you're like, you want to get out of your head so that you're not, so that you actually execute and you're not second guessing yourself, but you're going to have to realize that progression is always better than perfection. That's just it, what it is. And how you get out of your head is you're going to stop and you're going to ask yourself, what results do you have? Because if so, we're not going to spend our time just thinking and pondering, thinking and pondering. The goal is momentum. So you want to take step one. And I don't care how small that step is, 
but you just need to take it. It can be so small, but just take the step because therefore you're now moving from your head and then out of, well, you're moving out of your head and not on the paper. If it's on paper, you're moving out of your head to the product. If it's a product, you're moving out of your head to the business. If it's a business, whatever it is, you're moving from out of your head into some action. So I don't care how small the step is. You just need to take a step. So my guidance to you would be just to take a step and it could be so small. But at least now you have something measurable that you can write down and say, this is what I've done. This is what I'm doing. This is where we're at. And you can actually, you're going to feel good about it. And you don't have to worry about anything being perfect. The beauty about life is you can always go back and redo something. You can always go back and change your mind on something. You can always revamp. You can always relaunch. You have that luxury. But what you don't have the luxury of is rewinding time. So you need to just take a step. However big or small that step is, just take a step. And you guys, I think we are over time for our Q&A show. But I have definitely enjoyed this time talking. And be sure to go get you a copy of Fearless Faith and Hustle at the paperback version at a Barnes & Noble near you. We are in 522 of their 630 stores. So I look forward to seeing your paperbacks all on stories and on IG posts and Facebook, etc. Hashtag Fearless Faith Hustle. I'm so grateful for everybody just loving the content. And until next time, many great things are happening. So be sure that you're following me on social. Stay tuned. I love you guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fearless Faith and Hustle podcast with Arian Simone. Subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review. I am so excited to share the good news with you that Staples Work Life magazine just launched. And the content is everything you need to be a fearless entrepreneur on your journey. As you browse through the magazine, you'll find great pieces of advice from various industry experts, including creative ways to problem solve in your business. With so many tips and tricks to use, I know that you can easily apply these. You will love them. Subscribe to the magazine today at staplesworklifemag.com.